0: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hello, Rise Together listeners. Happy New Year. This is the uh, first episode of 2023. I hope that this finds you feeling excited about the year ahead having uh, had yourself a good New Year's and a great Christmas and time with family, all the things that you could have hoped for in your holiday season. It's time for a new year. And I thought I would do a solo episode today talking about some of what I've identified for myself that I'm going to need to have the very best year in 2023. Uh, There's five things for me that uh, I think are important pillars for where I want to go to become who I'm hoping to become. And they are all in some ways anchors to a call for courage because uh, I find myself once again coming out of what for me was a pretty bizarre year. If uh, I'm going to be honest, there was a lot of change happening in my life once again. And there's something about the turning over of a new year that, has me having to do a little bit of manufacturing of courage to create a little bit of momentum as I am embarking on trying to have a great year. Welcome to Rise Together. My name is Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience, maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience in all of it we are trying our best in community to learn from each other to grow and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes when we do we all rise together change for me has been just a super constant in my life. I'm sure that change for many people who are listening um, has been a thing that's been around. Certainly the pandemic threw people into a whole bunch of new normal. There has always been stuff that happens around identity, around things uh, changing, whether it's a job or a relationship or uh, kids moving out of the house. There's always seemingly something that's happening. Um, I've, I, For those that have followed any of my stories, certainly change has been an absolute constant in my life in the last five years, be it going from a corporate job to entrepreneurship to being married to being divorced to slowing down completely. I mean, 2022 for me was a total reset year in trying to really step back and do some inventorying of uh, what is important in my life and what is not important in my life, what serves me and what stands in my way, what fuels me and feeds me and what in uh, in some ways can take away from my joy. And in a lot of ways, peeling back some of what I had known as normal or some of what I had identified myself as in my own identity to see who I am absent from those things um, has been a great process, but also has been hard and scary. And, uh, I've said plenty of times, man, there's change that you choose, and then there's the change that chooses you. And change, of course, is gonna be a constant. And also, (laughs) sometimes change is a thing that can really create weariness, uh, even despair. And so, first I just wanna say, hey, if you are coming through this holiday season, if you're coming off a 2022, that in any way, because of change, had you feeling anything in weariness, or despair, or frustration, Um, Those feelings are normal. I've experienced plenty of those feelings in this last um, year's worth of time as I come to grips with who I am and how I am and why I do the things I do, but also who I'd hope to be and what I need to do to generate and manufacture that version of myself. Um, Bad news or good news, depending on who you are and how you see it, change is in fact that constant. Things are always going to be changing. They're not necessarily going to ever stay the same. And the definition of normal is going to continue to evolve as time goes by. And so as, as much as I wish sometimes for myself or maybe even for you that uh, I could promise that things will return to the way they were or that you can depend on getting back to something that feels familiar or normal, uh, I don't know that that's really a thing. And so as I embark on how do I create a great 2023 for myself the thing that I need is the courage to move forward despite the promise of change being a constant in my life. right? Because I know I've got big dreams. I know I want to continue to have good impact on this planet of ours. And as much as you know, I'm not ready to give up on my dreams just because things sometimes become more difficult, I'm assuming that you also are not interested in that as well. So like I said, I came up with these five things that for me, are the things that I have to stay connected to if I am interested in generating the year that I would hope for. I think you're familiar with the tattoo that sits on my arm. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. I think we start with this reminder that I need every day when I look in the stinking mirror that I was built to handle the change that inevitably gets thrown into my life, that I, am not someone who is gonna thrive as I stay connected to certainty or familiarity or uh, convince myself that I'm not cut out for whatever those choppy waters might throw my way. And I wanna encourage you to believe that about yourself as well. You were given very specific and unique gifts like each of us were, and those gifts are meant to be exploited but can only be brought to bear and be given to the intended recipients when we develop the courage to believe that we can handle whatever life is gonna throw our way in this coming year. So for me, I made this list of the five things that I know that I need in this year, and they are, I need perspective, I need to embrace versatility, I need to practice essentialism, I need to generate an imagination, and I need to focus on integrity. I'm going to go through each of these in the hope that if there is anything in this that is going to be important for me that resonates with you, that you might consider applying it in your journey to create a great 2023 as well. So the first one for me is perspective, right? This is the importance for me of surrounding myself with people who can normalize any struggle that I possess and can model in some way a way forward through the challenges that I run into right? Our path in 2023 will invariably bring us hard things that we can absolutely handle. But I think sometimes the reason why perspective ends up being important is that if we haven't had to handle those things before, our fear, our self doubt our questioning, our ability to do it can get in the way of us believing that if we just keep making steps forward, we will absolutely find a way through. You know, 2022 had me lose my grandma Lee, God bless her sweetheart, making it to 100 years old. But I had this opportunity in that last year of her life to hear something so important on the conversation around perspective when she, as I was waiting in line at school pickup, called to just check and see how I was doing. And when she did, to be honest, as has been the case for the last couple of years, I told her that I was both, that I was both hopeful and sad, that I was both broken and rebuilding, that I was both excited about what was next and also terrified of not knowing exactly what next looked like. And in a way that only a 100-year-old can tell you, um, she just dropped some wisdom that was so profound in that she said, look, at a 100, I have made it through so many things. And as much as I didn't enjoy going through hard things anytime time that those hard things were presented, I know that I got to the other side every single time. And that every, every single time I got to the other side, I was a stronger person, a smarter person, a more empathetic person, a more powerful person. And you too will be that. You you will be that stronger, wiser, better person for having to persevere through these things, right? And this is a woman, man, she was a veteran of war. She was a single mom to five. She got a front row seat to mental illness with a first husband. She lost a son to cancer and a grandson by suicide. Like she had been through so many things. And yet there was something so reassuring in the reminder that she was able to get through all of them and that each in some ways made her stronger that made me believe, oh, all right, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. And I'm gonna need that reminder this year as whatever ends up showing up is presented to me. Another thing around perspective in a conversation that got to have with the leadership legend, John Maxwell, we were uh, at an event one time and it was back in the Hollis Company building days. And it was during a time where I was really questioning my ability to handle the number of fires that were popping up inside the business, right? I'd come out of a corporate environment where my team had years and years of experience. Because of that experience, they had a nose for smoke. And so, so often their expertise and their depth of knowledge would have them preemptively putting fire out before that smoke even turned into fire. And so I heard most often from a team how they'd solve something before it became a big problem. And here, in these early days of scaling something in an environment where many of the people on the team, including myself, had never walked in that part of the forest before, we were confronted by fire after fire after fire. And I was talking about this to John, and he, in a way, again, that only someone who's had the experience and the time inside of businesses and the life that he'd lived at the age that he was, he said, Dave, I'll tell you what you can either be an entrepreneur or you can have consecutive days without problems, but you can't have both, right? Like just normalizing that the existence of fires popping up in a small business was the price of entry, in some ways was was permission to allow myself to give myself some grace. And so as I walk into this next year, every time I'm gonna walk into a new space to try a new thing, I also want to try and find someone who's been inside that space before to normalize where there's a hole I could step in, where there's something that's going to trip me up so that when it happens, I don't let that negative self-talk and that self-doubt confirm something that I maybe don't already believe about myself, my ability to handle it, or uh, maybe even more to just normalize that that's part of what happens when you walk into and do something new. And the last thing I'd say on perspective, for me, one of the most important things for sure has been the power of community. The the idea that we can do all of this life that we hope to live in isolation or alone is ridiculous. Because when those hard days come up, when the headwinds show up, um, it's only when we're surrounded by people who can in one way make us feel seen, And another way, make us feel normal for experiencing the things that we're experiencing, that we're going to have the encouragement to continue to move forward. And so whether it's the power of community that I found inside of a fitness community, or the power of community I found inside of an AA room, or the power of community I found inside of a church, making sure that I am engaging in those communities on the regular is a critical component of getting perspective, feeling seen, feeling normal, as I have this aspiration to create a great year in 2023. All right, so the first thing is perspective. The second thing is versatility, right? The importance of remaining fluid, normalizing that pivoting is necessary for progress. Uh, You know, I am a pretty practical, pragmatic person. I tend to cast a vision for a thing that I wanna try and accomplish, and make a list of how it ought to go. And sometimes that can get my way because as soon as life introduces a variable that requires you to do something different, it can feel disarming and and really throw me off my track. And so I've again had to really remind myself that it's not so much the points that I believe will get me to the destination, but embracing that the journey itself is the thing to experience, even as it ends up deviating from what I believe to be the best way to go when I started. I can remember when I (laughs) had this ridiculous but amazing job. Uh, Back before Disney days, I was a talent manager, I was taking brands and humans that worked inside of music or in television on tours to try and introduce them to the world, and of all the things, Columbia Records was one of my clients, and there was a new group out of Houston, these three l- lovely ladies called Destiny's Child that I took on a mall tour. And the mall tour itself, the first stop I wanna say we drew about 100 people. And so in this job that I had where I was coordinating a stage and printing out posters and getting some wristbands and the craft service person who was getting them food at Hot Dog and a Stick while they sat in the luxurious green room next to the locker room in the hallway. I thought I had a handle on what it was going to take to make this tour a success at the beginning of the tour. And about two stops in, one of their first big commercial hits takes off on the radio. And all of a sudden, the third stop now has 500 people and the fifth stop has 1,000 people. And by the end, we had about 10,000 people showing up to a mall in Florida. God bless it. Well, the playbook that I had going into that tour became completely irrelevant as the circumstances changed for what that tour required to keep them safe, to have the consumer experience be as rich as it could have been, to um, keep everybody on the rest of the team feeling like they could handle what was clearly a different tour experience by the end of the tour than the beginning. And so part of what I'm having to remind myself in real time is, yep, I wanna go into this year with a playbook. But if the game changes, if I in some part of my life have to become a wartime general instead of a peacetime general, well, then I got to throw the old playbook out and take out a new playbook or or create a new playbook to adjust to the conditions that have been presented to me. If, if the game ends up being different, the playbook must adapt. And, uh, Again, adapting is a, is a kind of a cousin of change. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable, but that's what we have to do. And so if you find yourself a wartime general, the decisions for survival on the battlefield are going to give you some permission to do things differently. And you have to adapt in order to succeed. That's a reminder for me as much as for anyone else. And so when I have to remind myself of this, I like to look at, well, what examples might exist of people who had a plan, met resistance, and decided to push through and had success anyway? And the great thing is you can find hundreds of examples of people that you admire who've done this very thing. Disney was turned down by 300 banks when he first was trying to start Disney World, Bill Gates' first business failed. Steven Spielberg didn't get into his dream film school, USC. Oprah grew up in poverty and abuse. J.K. Rowling was turned down by 12 publishers for Harry Potter before it was ultimately taken. Michael Jordan, cut from his high school basketball team, right? Every single one of these things, it built character for these people. It may have produced some pain in that adversity, but that pain ultimately produced resolve. It helped create moxie. It was something that helped them become who they became. And so the reminder I'm giving to myself as I go into this year is that, is there the chance that I'll become a stronger and better person because of the headwinds that I'm inevitably going to face? I certainly can see how the last few years, not necessarily going the way that I would have thought, have helped develop parts of me that wouldn't exist if not for the fact that I had to go through those things. I know for me, too, in the midst of all the change that has happened, I, like, I found some examples inside of the church, inside of religion, that also showed me, oh, hey, here's some of these historical figures that also rolled with the punches. Jonah, Joseph, Job, I mean, so many. But Lazarus, as a story, was something that really stuck with me, especially just in the aftermath of divorce, because he literally had to die to be brought back to life. He had to die to be brought back to life. And so when I think about what happens when things have to die, I had to ask this question to myself, hey, what might be a thing in my life that has to die in order for me to be brought back to life? Ego, status, relationship, comfort, identity, normalcy, yeah, to all of them. And so as I think about versatility for this year, I'm also trying to remind myself that something that I hold important to me in the beginning of 2023 may have to go by the wayside. It might have to die in order for some better, more beautiful, more impactful part of me to be born. And death, like change, is hard. And yet some of the most beautiful things in my life have come because of, not in spite of, a death that had to take place. So versatility is number two. The first one, again, is perspective. My third thing that I'm really trying to focus on in this next year, 2023, is essentialism. Right. This is the power of really focusing on what matters and freeing yourself from what doesn't matter at all. You know, in the very, very beginning of the pandemic, one of the first things I ever wrote that ended up getting picked up in a handful of different places was this single line, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to, right? 2022 for me was an abnormal year, but in part because I was able to take a lot slower pace, pull back, invest on time, get some help spend time doing the inventory of what in my life that had been normal, deserved to be normal going forward, man, it was such a gift. And so as much as, again, there are so many things that I wish hadn't happened exactly the way that they did, they broke me down in some ways to allow myself to build something back that was stronger because of that wholesale inventory of what matters and what doesn't. And one of the most uh, impactful books that I've read in the last couple of years is this book called Essentialism by Greg McKeown. If you have not read it, I can't recommend it enough. Such a good read. But one of the best lines was this line, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And so when you think about like, who's running your life? Are you running your life? Or are you letting the needs of other people run it for you? Um, The three biggest takeaways from this book for me were the idea of, number one, I choose to versus I have to, right? So it's like the power of agency, you choosing to do what you do, using the language that you're choosing to do it as opposed to having to do it. It just changes the, changes the way that you think about it. Um, the second of them, only a few things really matter, Right in like a Gary Keller's one thing kind of way. What's the one thing that you could do that would make every other thing happen faster or more effectively? Right. You can only a few things really matter, and when we think that everything matters, it means that we also make everything not matter at all. Um, how do you find a way to focus on the things that are the true needle movers in your life? Um, and then the last one, the third one. I can do anything, but not everything. Right. This is that law of diminishing returns where there's a certain point after which if you try to do everything, you are diminishing the impact that you can have on anything. And so really identifying, well, what are the things that you uniquely are in a position to best do that will return the best uh, yield for who you're hoping to be, how you're hoping to love, how you want to feel about yourself, all of the rest. All right. Number one was perspective. Number two, versatility. Number three is essentialism. And the fourth one for me uh, is imagination. Right? The the importance of casting a vision for where you're heading and ultimately seeing it like a motion picture that's playing in your head. And for me, this is one of these things I have to work on all the time. I mean, like the the source of a lot of the pain or grief in my life over the last couple of years was truly mourning the vision of what I thought things were supposed to work out as or how I thought life was gonna play out. And so if you find yourself in a season where, ah, I'm disappointed that it's not the way I thought it was gonna be, or you're grieving the death of some part of your life, whether it's a, a person, a relationship, your identity in some respects, imagination becomes this so important ingredient in actually creating something for you to get excited about and work toward. And so for me, right I, I, I've had to make peace with the end of my marriage. I've had to make peace with the shift of how I thought things might work with work. I've had to make I've had to make peace with a whole host of things. But having imagination is such an important part of having the year that you'd hope for because of the way that hope plays a role in the way that you feel like you can achieve and do the things that you'd hope for. There's a great quote that I love from a guy named Les Brown. He says, hope in the future is power in the present. Hope in the future is power in the present. And so having the ability to create an imagination and cast a vision and see the kind of future that you'd really like to live into, is important because of the way that it can manufacture hope of what's to come that then generates power for you to get up and go in the present. And and part of that for me, and, and maybe part of that for you, has meant separating the circumstances of my present with the prospects of my future. There's been plenty of times in the last couple of years where I was feeling sorry for myself, where the things that were going on didn't feel fair, they felt hard, I didn't like them, whatever it might be. And that was in some ways an impediment to my ability to generate the kind of imagination for what I'd hoped for and feel as hopeful because I was so mired in the circumstances of my present that I had a really hard time thinking about the prospect of what the future could hold. And so I hope that there's a way for you to separate the circumstances of your present with the possibility of your future so that you can generate the the imagination and the hope that will give you the power that you need to make some progress here early in the year. So where does hope come from in uncertain times? I mean, for me, it's really been coming back to this reminder that I was put here with very deliberate and specific intention that I am purpose-filled by design And that that purpose is something that I have a responsibility to live into, right? I believe that I am a limited edition, one of one. I've got unique wiring. I've had unique experiences. And that my ability to honor the intention of a creator who put me here with specific design in mind is part of what I gotta do, be it in 2023 or any year. And so when I come back to, all right, what is it? that I wanna cast a vision for, the ways that I feel like I can best honor the intention of that happening happen at an intersection of three big things. The first thing is passion, right? What are the things, Dave, that lights your heart on fire, that gets you up and excited when you get out of bed? What are you passionate about? And if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't know what I'm passionate about, okay. Start with an intention for curiosity. Right? Find a way to just dip your toe in a bunch of things to see if anything new starts pulling a thread on something a little more inside of you because curiosity is an on-ramp to passion. The second part of the intersection is competency. right? So that's something that you can be great at, that you can develop mastery for. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be great at the start, but it means that there is something in your willingness to put yourself out there day after day to acquire knowledge, to acquire skill, and ultimately become competent at it. And the third part of the intersection is impact. Right? What's the thing that you could do that could bring some light into this world? And so, if you're wondering, well, how do I how do I cast a vision for what I want my life to look like, or how do I cast a vision for where I want to try and go? I I argue that there's a chance that you could start at this intersection between passion, competency, and impact and see if there aren't some things that pop up that now become a part of a vision board, that become part of a, a, a plan for the year, a part of a set of goals that you create for 2023. In my journey, you know, I left Disney to chase impact. I was interested in doing something that might be a better utilization of my skills. And I still, am trying to fully deliver those to the world by leaning into something that I think has been a part of a calling for me. I had this chance, just a random chance, uh, to sit next to a childhood hero when I was on an airplane in Dan Rather. Yes, it makes me a super nerd that Dan Rather was a childhood hero, but here we were sitting next to each other. I did the thing that I never do I immediately made eye contact and asked if uh, I could ask him a few questions and he was unbelievably generous with his time. And um, it was such a gift for me because in this pursuit of trying to cast a vision for kind of who I am and how I could maybe bring some of my gifts to bear on the world. One of the things that I had as a reminder from my conversation with this childhood hero was that one of the things that I've always been passionate about is reporting. When I was growing up, before I became who I've become, I thought I was gonna be a newscaster like Dan Rather. And in so many ways, the work that I do now is just a different kind of reporting, whether it's in writing or in doing this podcast or anything else, and I love it. It's a thing that brings me just an immense amount of joy. And, um, and I think in some ways finding that thing that you were passionate for before you became who you've become is part of how you might cast a little bit of a vision for have some imagination in the way that this year can come together for you. So in trying to now live into this imagination, uh, one of the things that I also know that I have to do is embrace an, an insurgent mentality, Um, I talked to my teams quite a bit over the years about this difference between an insurgent mentality and an incumbent mentality, right? The insurgent is kind of like the way things have always been done, the the company that's always been around. uh, And and the the insurgent is the one who's going to embrace trying to do something that's new, something that might shake things up, something that might, uh, because of the way that it's disruptive, allow you to make that imagination a thing that can come true. Uh, you know, in, in 2004, Blockbuster, remember Blockbuster, Big Blue store, lots of videos. They had 9,000 stores back in 2004. And they had an opportunity at the time to buy Netflix. And they scoffed at the idea of needing to be considerate of what a digital delivery might look like. The idea of mailing DVDs seemed crazy. And they passed on the opportunity. And just years later, Blockbuster declares bankruptcy, Netflix becomes a behemoth, and they did so because they were embracing an insurgent mentality that was tapping into and leveraging technology and consumer demand and thinking about things in a new and different kind of way, right? And the same can be said of like a Kodak or a Toys R Us or a Tower Records or a Sears. So many of these companies were incumbent mentality, older school way of thinking, things are never going to change, and they've all been disrupted by people who were more of that insurgent mentality. All right, Dave, so if you can cast a vision and have an imagination for this year, how does living into something of insurgency look for you and how in applying it might it allow you to make that vision, that imagination a reality? The other thing that I love, and I've, I've, man, I've listened to this speech so many times, I don't think of Jim Carrey as being uh, a philosopher necessarily, but man, he gave this great commencement speech one time. And I use it as a reminder to uh, have an imagination that might make other people think you're just a tiny bit crazy because um, there is something in believing in yourself and doing the thing that you know is the passion inside of your heart, even if it doesn't make perfect sense to other people. He said this, my father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't think it was possible. So he made a conservative choice and became an accountant. He was let go of his job when I was 12 years old and the family had to do what was necessary to to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want to do. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. And so as I think about imagination, I ask myself, what is it that you love, right? I come in thinking, yeah, if I've gotta do anything, I might as well choose doing something that I love because passion as a part of that intersection of where I am gonna best deliver on the reason I was put here on this intention of my creator, boom. It's the thing that allows me to feel connected to my purpose. You can fail at doing something that you don't like. So why not cast and create an imagination for something you love? All right, the last of the five things is integrity. Perspective, versatility, essentialism, imagination, and now integrity. Oh, integrity is the biggest thing. It is the most important thing. It is the thing that will be the difference between having a good 2023 or a bad 2023, period. right, the question I tend to ask myself all the time is how do I feel about myself when I'm by myself? And when I am living in integrity, when I am doing the things I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do them, I like myself. I have respect for myself. I have dignity. And when I don't do the things that I said I was going to do, I don't. And so part of what is necessary for me in 2023 is again, being really clear with the vision of where I want to go, of yeah, getting perspective from people to make me feel normal on the journey and being open to versatility and only focusing on the things that are most important. But really, the most important thing in all of it is doing the things I say I'm gonna do when I say I'm gonna do them. The, the idea of having integrity is, um, I think for anyone who's interested in loving themselves interested in respecting themselves. Um, it's kind of everything. I, I did this uh, fitness competition back in October. And I think if I'd have known what I was getting into, I might not have even signed up for it because it required a level of discipline and focus and consistency and promise keeping that uh, I was not, I just didn't, I just didn't understand how much work was going to go into it and how hard, frankly, it was going to be. But the thing that I got out of it wasn't uh, you know, necessarily about anything on the physical side. It was all on the internal side. Because as much as I yeah, had my body change and I was proud of the way that I looked, uh, I also um, was really more proud of the way that I'd behaved. I was proud of the way that I showed up for myself consistently. I was proud of the way that I was in the gym when I said I was going to be. I was proud of the way that I ate the foods that I said I was gonna eat, that I didn't drink, all the things. Um, And that kind of pride is the thing that every other thing in my life then gets to springboard off of. And so um, the most important of each of these five pillars is integrity finding ways to not overcommit yourself, finding ways to set realistic, reasonable goals that when you keep the promises that you have set, allow you to love yourself. And from that place of love, love others and have the kind of impact and have the kind of purpose that you'd hope for in life. So there you go. Those are my five things. I uh, am hopeful as I jump into this year that it's gonna be a great year. And I also am going in self-aware enough to realize that it's likely not gonna go the way that I think, that it's definitely gonna require perspective and community from other people. I know for sure when it comes to versatility that I am gonna have to be okay with needing a new playbook when the game inevitably changes. I know I'm gonna have to focus on the things that matter and just free myself from the worry of those that don't matter at all. I, yep, definitely have a vision for where I want this year to go and continuing to believe in the power of that imagination as a thing that's going to help me get there. I'm always coming back to having that as a North Star. And the the integrity piece is just so key. Doing the things I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do them. It's the vehicle for progress, it's the vehicle for growth, but most importantly, it's the vehicle for loving myself and being able to love the people that I love in my life in this year ahead. I hope you all have a fantastic week. I hope this is a a helpful way to kick off the new year. We'll be back next week with uh, another interview conversation between now and then. Take care, I love you all. And I appreciate so much all the support that uh, came in the year 2022. I look forward to continuing our journey together in this exciting year ahead. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. I appreciate you all being here so, so much. Before you go, I just want to make mention of one thing that I am so excited about. My daughter, Noah, and I have put together a delightful, an amazing, a wonderful children's picture book. It's based on the fun video series that we've done online called Tea Time with Noah and it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It uh, it comes out on November 8th, and it's a book that hopefully encourages children to be brave, to believe in themselves, to dream big. Uh, in this, our first adventure, Noah has this big dream of becoming a sea captain. She realizes in pursuing this dream that it's not all smooth sailing. She doesn't know how to captain, doesn't have a ship, doesn't know how to build one. And that process of having to learn and try, and fail, and get back up teaches her that she has so much of what she's always needed already inside of her, and that every time it didn't go her way, it equipped her with some skills that allowed her to be even stronger, and more resilient, and believe more in herself on the other side. Again, it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It comes out on November 8th, and you can get it anywhere books are sold. For more info, head to the link in the show notes, or to herestoyourdreams.com.